the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And here it is, Hour 3 of Backbone Radio. It is 2023. Somehow that happened, and it's January 8th. So glad that you are here on board. Thanks for all the text to studio coming in. And uh, let's see. Just had another one coming in, and I'll, I'll get to those here in just a little bit. But your voice is invited. You have any thoughts on 2023? Speaker McCarthy, the church committee, the new one, how is that debate for McCarthy? Or just in general, thoughts, 303-696-1971. One thing I've noticed a little bit is, have, have, you, have you been noticing that egg prices have been going up? Eggs are getting a little hard to get? I know they're rationing it. For a while, at, uh, over at King Supers, you could get two dozen eggs at a time. You go in there and get two dozen. But now I believe they're down to one dozen. And a few grocery stores are limiting, you know, your ability to go in there and get eggs. And I remember having a little flashback to the COVID era when there was a bit of an egg shortage at that time. And I remember I walked up. Which store was I in? Oh, it doesn't matter. I was in some grocery store and I was reaching down to grab the last carton of eggs that was sitting there. And some other hand reached out from behind and beside me and grabbed that carton of eggs and stalked off with it. And so I didn't get eggs for the family that day. But I looked into it, of course, and I guess this has probably been hashed out in the news, but the bird flu apparently is largely to blame for the rising egg prices. And they're saying, you know, is it almost even a dollar an egg now? That's that's getting somewhere. It's a dollar an egg. And apparently it affects... The layers, this bird flu affects the egg layers more than it does the boilers. Apparently, that's what they are called, um, or broilers. (laughs) Chickens raised for meat consumption are called broilers, and they aren't as affected by avian flu as the layers are. So, at any rate, uh, apparently it's it's a bird flu scenario there, and I guess we'll, we'll see where that goes, but the egg... The egg is the perfect food. And remember, for a long time, eggs were considered, like, bad and bad for cholesterol and all this stuff. And then it seems like the consensus changed on that. No, eggs are good for you. You should eat more eggs. So I'm in the the pro-egg category. And so hopefully we can find a way to have have eggs around. Hopefully this this avian bird flu will, will diminish. And I was remarking a time or two on this that in this the climate we are living in, and this is just something we have to face, that uh, this TV show called The View, I guess uh, Barbara Walters passed away last week at the age of 93. Um, yeah, and we say uh, send the good word and good thoughts to the family of Barbara Walters. What a great long life. Um, but the New York Times is calling The View the most important political TV show in America. <laughs> anyway, Kelly Jane Torrance writes an essay in the New York Post 
saying that, uh, you know, if that is the case, America is in trouble because The View is the biggest source of misinformation in the country. And it goes through all this, you know, just loads of misinformation that have that have come out on The View. And uh, who, who all's on there? There's uh, Megan McCain is on there, Jedediah Bila, Elizabeth Hasselbeck, Elisa Farah Griffin, Whoopi Goldberg. Um, but to me, I just find that show unwatchable. I, I, I can't even bear to watch that show. And again, it's, it's, it's low information. And is there anything positive about it? I mean, they're doing their thing. It's good free speech, but it's a you know, very controlled environment. And if somehow that is the most important political TV show in America, boy, howdy, that's, uh, that's, not, that's not great news to see. And by the way, Megan McCain, um, <clears throat> did you see this? She has uh, given the endorsement to uh, to the governor of Florida. Thinks that uh, you know the governor of Florida would be a great uh, candidate for president. Um, anyway, so the the dreaded McCain endorsement of DeSantis in Florida, and that goes along with a few other few other uh, significant endorsements from people that. I don't know. Maybe, maybe you'd rather not have those endorsements. Uh, makes you wonder. But uh, I won't be going there tonight on those issues. <clears throat> on a on a positive note here, we've got General Flynn, Mike Flynn, a true patriot, a true hero to this nation, who was taken out by Mike Pence. Mike Pence found a way to help contribute to the sacking of General Flynn when Trump came into office. Next thing you know, Flynn is permanently banned from Twitter, but guess what? He's back. Mike Flynn is back on Twitter. Another positive development in the Elon Twitter era. And I just thought I would share a tweet or two from Mike Flynn, and it is so good to have him back. And it was such a travesty that, uh, you know, a noble patriot like Flynn would be kicked off of Twitter and be treated that way. And uh, good old Pence was right in the middle of that. And Pence's staff, which were, uh, in my opinion, entirely negative influences on the Trump administration. But uh, his one of his first tweets back is this quote from Mike Flynn. I want to personally thank Elon Musk for all he is doing to help protect our basic human rights especially our freedom of speech. And thanks for allowing me back on Twitter. To all who offered their strong voices of support to bring me back, thank you. God bless America. And so Flynn is back. And if you're a Twitter person, if you're out there on Twitter, go back and make sure you're still following General Flynn. And I don't, uh, it's probably easily look upable, but I don't have his specific address sitting right here, but should I get it? Should I get it? Yeah, at Jen Flynn, A, or the at symbol, G-E-N-F-L-Y-N-N. That's the place to go to get some good America First patriotic information from this guy. One other tweet, he says, quote, this is from the 7th, January 7th, that would be yesterday. Liberal socialist heads are exploding and their phony name-calling and labeling continues. You can all go pound sand. Yep, I'm back on Twitter, and I'll be focused on pushing America First ideas and principles. 
hashtag fight like a Flynn. And there's a guy who, boy, what a promising career. He was on the upward trajectory, and he was brought in, I believe, as the national security advisor to President Trump. And he had done everything right in his life. He had the great military career and background and, you know, decades of heroic service, even saved some lives on duty. And then all of a sudden, somehow, you know, the deep state got him. They, they got him. They took him down. And sadly, they used Pence as a tool for that. And at the time that that was all going on, I don't think Trump quite understood what he was dealing with understood the relationships and the national security apparatus that was surrounding him and trying to sabotage him. That was before that, uh, you know, the Russia hoax really, really got rolling and Trump had to learn all of these lessons. So anyway, great to have General Flynn back on Twitter, a most welcome turn of events. And again, if we could just have a good, solid free speech platform in America, that's one of the key planks to saving this republic, again, that needs saving more than ever. And just kind of a miscellaneous grab bag as I start this hour. Apparently, Governor Christy Nome of South Dakota was busily ranting and criticizing uh, Governor DeSantis of Florida on the abortion issue this week. And I was I didn't look into too much detail as to what she was saying, but it made me wonder, why would Nome be criticizing DeSantis when that's kind of not really the way it's done these days? Um, and it did make me wonder, is, is Nome a potential running mate for somebody? And there's a picture I saw recently of uh, Christy Nome standing with Carrie Lake in a photo. Not sure exactly when it was taken, but is that... Is there potential running mate uh, stuff here? Christy Nome, Carrie Lake. Why would she be criticizing DeSantis? Anyway, just these are the kind of things I sit back and I watch and I wonder and I'll look for more information. Hey, we'll be right back. There we go. Eric Clapton bringing us back. It's Backbone Radio. Matt Dunn here, 303-696-1971. Little text to studio about the chickens and the eggs issue. Quote, and soon we will only allow free-range chickens and all the prices will go up again. Also, first, you have to believe that bird flu was actually a problem. Oops, conspiracy. Interesting. <laughs> I don't know. Free-range? Is it free-range or expensive-range? I guess that's going to be a, a big change coming to Colorado in our and uh, how we raise and then consume chicken. And I thought let's let's just get right to the phone action here. I've got a bunch of other things to be getting getting into, but let's say hello to Charlene out in Little Rock, Arkansas. Charlene, how have you been? Happy New Year! Glad you're here tonight. Oh, Happy New Year to you. You are so on target with your assessment of everything. I mean, and you just say it in the most concise, not a wasted word. And it's just so on target. And, you know, we're continually thinking that Congress, the president, is going to save us. And um, they are pretty much infiltrated, I think, by the WEF, the Schloss, uh, 
has been doing that job, director, for 50 years, and he's a protege of Kissinger. And so uh. they've pretty much got it laid out. And they, Congress is rubber stamping whatever they want to pass. And Marco Rubio, uh, they're, if they're in charge of any committees, it's going to go the way the uh, globalists want it to go. So they're just going to use Thomas Massey and put him down there in the dark, whatever you, whatever <laughs> you call that. Put him down there in a skiff, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Maybe. he's going to come up for air once in a while, and he's going <laughs> to proclaim something, and then the American people are going to hear it, and they're going to lie. And what are they going to do? We haven't done anything so far. So, I mean, it's uh, the one ray of hope I have right now is this Bolsonaro situation in Brazil. And I heard the top of the hour, the CBS News, it said, they're staging a similar uh, revolt like uh, January 6th revolt. And uh, they're saying that uh, communists are trying to take over, and they're st- and it was a stolen election. And of course, and actually, they said something on the news, and of course, that didn't happen. Uh, but that's what they're saying is happening. And so, you know, it's almost like what came to America has come to them two years later. But they're actually doing something about it. I mean, let's see how far they get with it. Yeah. So, apparently. Uh, and I've been following that Brazil, the capital, has been stormed by thousands of people. Apparently, I see some pictures here, Bolsonaro supporters. And Bolsonaro apparently, you know, left Brazil. He's now living somewhere in the United States of America at a some sort of a fighter. What do they call that? The world wrestling fighter uh, guy that's a friend of his house. And uh, mm-hmm. the, the latest tweet I saw from Glenn Greenwald, who lives down in Brazil, is that the authorities have gotten it under control and that the Lula, the new uh, supposedly President. elected leader of Brazil, is saying that, well, these are fascists that were storming the capital. And, but I, I don't know if that's and, going know, anywhere. And, and, but, and, you know, and hmm. actually, those could just be provocateurs anyway. <laughs> you know, uh, they may not even be real people. Uh, they may be heading off any organized revolt, you know, on down the road. That's sure. how far ahead uh, Yeah, Brazil, uh, again— under Bolsonaro was a problem for the globalists and for the World Economic Forum, and well, they're part of BRICS. And if, if yeah. this other guy takes over, then they're going to pull probably pull away from BRICS, and that's going to diminish. I mean, that's it's a uni, it's been a unipolar, and it's becoming a multipolar. But if BRICS disintegrates, then it will go back to the unipolar. So that's interesting. And you know, regarding that uh, the church committee, are you familiar with? A bit of the church committee history going back to the seventies. Uh, we just what you explained. Yeah, just what you explained. Yeah, and that uh-huh. that was a very big deal at the time. And I, you know, in my political science courses, you know, we studied that in some detail. And there was a lot of abuses going on that you know the righteous uh, political leaders at the time wanted to to get into, but they did some things and they raised some awareness, but. They created the FISA court, which then got corrupted very easily, and the Senate Select Intel Committee, right, which got yeah. corrupted very easily. And so it, it might so be a challenge to, down, to yeah. make— Politics is downstream from culture, and uh, yeah. our culture is corrupted. And, you know, it reminds me—I saw a special on the Roman times, and the the Senate and, and the politicians, and the whole state was so corrupted and depraved that people actually wanted the invaders to come in to turn it upside down. I mean, they were so sick of it. And, you know, we're, we're headed in that direction. So 
I don't know if we can sustain ourselves. But yeah, and if the American people are they're not getting good information, they they can't put the pieces together in their own minds about what's right. really going on. And as long as they're moderately comfortable and moderately content, mm-hmm. maybe they won't want to go digging. But yet there is that undercurrent there, and there's there's a concern I think from millions of Americans that something is not right with the unelected bureaucrats and how they're doing some stuff. And a lot of these hoax after hoax after hoax have been exposed. But maybe if Thomas Massey is sitting down there in that skiff without any air, but if he could have a little a little pipeline into a free speech platform like Twitter, maybe something could happen. I yeah, just wonder. But, but, but look, we tried to make something happen with the whole uh, <clears throat> McCarthy, someone besides McCarthy as speaker, yeah. and it, it got... <clears throat> Even, you know, even Republicans are saying, oh, they cause so much trouble. You know, yeah. it, it's like even when you know the truth, the American people <clears throat> are so diverted with, with, with everything. They're they're not willing to act on the truth because they're fed and they're happy. Right. And, and um, they will see people like yelling at each other and they'll think, oh, people are being impolite and we'd rather have good manners <laughs> and just get along. Could you please do that? There's some people that yeah. kind of look at it like that. Fair enough, right? Well, but my, you know, my the way I commiserate is that the knowledge that there's so many people that know what's going on now, and although yes. we may be kind of matrixed where we can't break through it, at least there's uh, there's it's wonderful to know that other people know what's going on. And, yeah, and, and that's, that's that's where that again brings some, that brings some comfort. But I mean, as far as what we're going to do about it. We're blocked through the courts and the, through the political system. We're pretty much blocked. The institutions have found so, a way to thwart and stifle the sentiments of the essentially the American people. They really have, right. and the so America First sentiments. And they just send, they shovel billions after billions of dollars to Ukraine, and they don't even mm-hmm. think about it. And they, they it just yeah. happens, right? America last. Yeah, and so you know, sometimes the problem is the cure. I mean, it may become, uh, you know, we may have to rely more on family and community and um, um, self sufficiency, and um, you know, learning to do things like like you always talk about. So you know, that's the answer, and and just you know, the warmth of friendships and people like you. I mean. Yep, community, Appreciate local community, you so much, everything you do, friends, family, faith, neighborhoods, and I'm so proud that kind of, that of stuff. Yes, you she know, was she right was, in there. It on. How much courage? Was, how much courage on that individual, <laughs> Lauren Boebert? Because she got a good taste of Colorado politics, you know, and the party politics. Yep. And so, yeah, you know, we just keep getting more of those and um, a spiritual reawakening and a. Um, cultural reawakening and, and somehow just, a cracking and, you know, and, a cracking of that hold that the unelected have on this republic somehow if that could be cracked that i i do think they've had to sweat a bit in recent years i do think they're afraid i do think there's not that many of them but yet they've got a lot of power and they they're pretty expert at wielding it and they will do anything to stay in power but yet there's there's still there's rumblings and that's what we yeah, have to and try to so promote. Yeah, there's so many heroes like Dr. McCullough. You know, there's just so many strong people, and I just I, I have to have hope and faith that the strong people will overcome. I, I just have I have to keep believing that. 
Well, so, anyway, as, as do I. Yeah. And, well, Charlene, you just keep staying groovy out there. We send you the good word <laughs> from Backbone Radio. We have good just vibes. loved good chatting with you. Yep. Stay close with us. And I'll tell you what. Yeah, it's Matt Dunn. It's Backbone Radio. Let's take a little break and be right back. And we'll go right back to the phone lines. Getting a lot of texts about eggs. Eggs and eggs are a big deal. And I, I agree. There we go. A little Marty Stewart action bringing us into the program. And we're just chatting away. Thought I might get right to the phones again. I could talk about eggs a bit more, or Brazil a bit more. But let's let's say hello to Guy. Did I get that button right? Yeah. Hey, Guy. Welcome to the program. Good to good to see your your name on the screen there. Oh well, Happy New Year, Matt. It's good to see you. Uh, you're back on the air. We missed you for a while there. Yeah, we had um, New Year's Day. We had Christmas Day. So we figured, well, uh, let's let's not push it. You know, push the envelope there. Uh, uh, you, you cut, well, I thank you for the, the the word on General Flynn. I just uh, followed him on Twitter. Thank you for that. Perfect. Channel. Perfect. Yeah. Instant and, uh, results there, I'll tell you. Yeah. And you kind of startled me for a second because I thought you, I thought that Megan McCain uh, endorsement was going to go to Liz Cheney for a second. <laughs> yeah, no, she yeah. she likes DeSantis in Florida. She She's praising DeSantis. <laughs> Again, well, you know, I don't know. Yeah. If, if I was the Santis, I, I wouldn't want, you know, some of these, no. the neoconservatives or the McCain family uh, endorsements or even the Bush family endorsements. I, I would be a little little miffed by some of that stuff. But mm. Well, you, you know, I've got a six-degree separation issue with the uh, Cheneys. Really? Uh, yeah. A small, small, it's a very small world. Uh, so back before I was born in the... Uh, the uh, the 1950s. I was born in 57, but before I was born, my parents moved back to my dad's hometown in Walsenburg. Um, oh, Walsenburg! I, I love that town. They used to there. have a great hamburger restaurant there called the Wagon Wheel. I think it was called the Wagon Wheel. Yep, it, it was the the Big Wheel. Was the, the Big uh, Wheel? Was the Big Sandwich? The okay, big, it, was called, it was called. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I remember I driving I through there, thinking, that. "Let's stop yeah. at the Wagon Wheel and we yeah, can keep on well, driving." Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, north of that, north of town there, there's a place called George's, which was even better. Ooh. Still there, been there for, since '77. Oh, cool. Um, so, anyways, um, so my parents lived in Alamosa, next door to Jack and Cressy Cheney, who were from Wyoming. Hmm. And yeah, and uh, so my 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 dad and my mom got to be friends with Jack and Cressy, and their their three kids, and. You know, he said, yeah, we're originally from Wyoming. I go, okay. And, uh, you know, then unfortunately, uh, you know, uh, Jack attracted MS and he and Cressy got divorced. Oh, boy. They remained okay. friends with everybody. And my, my and Jack had a special van outfitted for him. And this was like the late 60s. And he said, yeah, and my nephew is running for Congress in Wyoming. And I never thought anything about it. We found out he won. He said, but they. They call themselves Cheneys, but in Wyoming they call themselves Cheneys. Yeah. And Jack Jun- Jack Junior, last we heard, was running the ranch in Wyoming. Hmm. And so Jack 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 and Cressy, after they moved out of Alamosa, they moved to Inglewood. 
And we used to go visit them every summer. And, you know, we'd all go to Ilches together and all that other fun stuff back in the 60s. So that was kind of the small world thing with them. But uh, I'm sure Jack and Cressy are long gone. My dad was alive now. He'd be so that was Dick Cheney's uncle. Yep, Jack, he was a he was a baker. And he, here in Inglewood, he baked for Rainbow. Oh, interesting. And okay. They, they lived in a house in Inglewood on the, on the northeast corner of Bannock and Eastman. Houses. Well, good for them. And uh, how, how are you feeling about uh, the Cheneys these days? Are you a big, huge fan of Liz Cheney? Think she should run for president? No. And, no, yeah. I, she reminds me too much of Miss. You know, she just reminds me of Miss Piggy with glasses. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm yeah. trying not to laugh at that reference, but <laughs> I'm not above having used it myself <laughs> along the way. So, uh, you know, I mean, it's just you know that whole thing. The the January sixth committee was just a giant kangaroo court anyway. Yep. And, you know, whatever comes out of it. But to be absolutely honest with you, I think we all know enough now. But the thing about it is we've got to be vigilant about watching elections in the future, especially in key districts and key states where they can't shut it down before midnight and open it up again at five in the morning. Yep. And I think that's that's the that's the important thing. And that's the thing that. Uh, the Saturday morning anchor on the station uh, forgets to even acknowledge. So, well, uh, you know, there's yeah. one point while I have you here, guy, that I have been a skeptic of the mail-in ballot for some time. Okay. Oh yeah. And I I think that Republicans really need to look into the difference between a mail-in ballot, a ballot, versus an actual vote. A vote yes. requires a voter, a human, okay? But a ballot yes. requires a process. It's a little different scenario. And I think yeah. Republicans are getting outclassed on this and outmaneuvered on this big time, especially in Colorado, yes. I where agree. I think the Republican candidates we've put forward, maybe not the greatest candidates in the world, but they, they did not deserve to lose by 10, 13, 15 points statewide. No. But some, somehow this, the mail-in ballot – anyway, there's a Lee Smith article. I was going to get into this, but apparently the Twitter files where Elon Musk is releasing some information uh, through different journalists on, uh, about the FBI and the CIA election interference. Um, and there's even a lesser-known U.S. government agency called the CISA, Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency, which uh, was also involved in shaping the 2020 vote via Twitter. But apparently um, they, uh, they used to try to uh, – this CISA used to try to protect real physical infrastructure like servers, malware, and hacking threats, according to State Department official Mike Benz, B-E-N-Z. But he says then they expanded the infrastructure definition to mean us, the U.S. electorate. So disinformation threatened infrastructure, and that's how cybersecurity became cyber censorship. And they're saying this. CISA, their mandate included stopping tweets from accounts that questioned the integrity of mail-in voting. Now, if you think about that, why would a government agency, the CISA, you know, right in there with the FBI, and the CIA, why would they try to censor people on Twitter who are at least questioning the integrity of mail-in ballots? Does that, does that make you wonder at least why the regime is so protective of the mail-in ballot scenario and why they don't want it to be criticized or 
You know, I see people like 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 me. You know, I'm out there saying that I, I don't trust the mail-in ballot. I'm not a fan of it. But when you see these agencies wanting to censor that kind of content, doesn't that does that maybe have a light bulb go off in your head somewhere? Oh yeah, sounds very totalitarian to me. Yeah, but uh, why are it, they so it, it, so itchy on the mail-in ballot thing? I don't know. It's all about control, sir. It's mm-hmm. all about power and control. You know that, and I know that. Yeah, I think most of most most people know that now. I'm hoping, but you know, I, it, the mail-in ballot. You know, a vote requires a physical body casting a vote. Uh, a mail-in ballot just requires an envelope. Right. A process. I mean, how, a process. A process. To print them, gather them, distribute them, and get them in. Get them handed in. And I, I think that. Republicans do an awful lot of going after each other or criticizing their candidates or thinking of the things we did wrong or saying somehow Trump is to blame or all of this stuff. But what if what if a lot of this is somehow structural in terms of the way we vote now, right, and some of the changes yeah. that were put into how we vote now after the COVID changes that were put in? And apparently in Pennsylvania, the Frankenstein guy who got elected, over 52% of his votes were mail-in ballots, which is, hmm. Yeah. Mm. Makes you go, hmm. Yeah, it, well, you you got to think. I mean, I can't believe. I'm thinking to myself, I had to look it up to say there's a mail-in ballot in Pennsylvania, and sure enough, there is. I'm going, who in their right mind would vote for the Democrat versus the Republican for Senate in Pennsylvania? I mean, seeing what we see, knowing what we know, is it that strong? Are the are the, are the unions, the steelworkers unions, still that strong in in Pennsylvania? I don't think so. Right, and these are but, the questions that I think are are common sense to be asking. And I think one way to look at that is to say, why are they so touchy about criticizing mail-in ballots or questioning their integrity? And uh, that's orders from the bureaucrats on high. And I, would, would I file that under deep state? Yes, I would. At any rate, well, Guy, glad to hear about you. You as a dentist would know about touching a nerve, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I try to avoid that, but, you know. I know. You uh, yeah. Just, oh, fine. you bet. You bet. Yeah. Well, Guy, great to hear about your, your Walsenberg roots. That's, that, that bolsters your already high esteem in my view so just so you that, know that rest that restaurant is now a mormon church just so you know oh, okay and okay. I, I i don't hear much of the san Luis valley accent from you but uh you must just just a little bit north of the valley is where walsenberg well, little, is no actually a little bit east of the valley oh yeah okay eastern side yeah mm-hmm. yeah eastern side but uh but if you go back go to george's about two miles north of town before you hit i-25 it's wonderful george's it's really in walsenburg okay that's going in my file guy okay it's you go, gotta go going best right ch- in the file best, <laughs> best hamburger and and green chili cheeseburger you ever had I'm okay well okay all Take right care. guy you stay groovy talk soon and one more segment we'll be right back Working on a build-in, Elvis Presley, our sacred number tonight. And let us all keep working on our faith as best we can. Indispensable. Indispensable. And one thing I covered extensively tonight was the new church committee that was brought about by those courageous 20 Republican Freedom Caucus members, including Lauren Boebert, who got some great concessions and some great restraints on on, on Kevin McCarthy as, as he becomes Speaker of the House. And 
again, the predations of the deep state, I think, are the is is the most important issue facing our republic. If we don't get that fixed, we're just looking at more of the same and a Republican name only for this country. And I was really struck by this 1975 quote from Frank Church, the senator from Idaho who headed the church committee trying to rein in intelligence agency abuses of that era. And I just thought I'd play this again. And knowing what we know now, is this prescient coming out of 1975? Let's hear Frank Church. But let me tell you this. In the need to develop a capacity to know what potential enemies are doing, the United States government has perfected a technological capability that enables us to monitor the messages that go through the air. Uh, These messages uh, are between ships at sea. They could be between units, uh, military units in the field. We have a very extensive capability of intercepting messages wherever they may be in the airwaves. Now, that is necessary and important to the United States as we look abroad at enemies or potential enemies. We must know. At the same time, that capability at any time could be turned around on the American people. And no American would have any privacy left, such as the capability to monitor everything, telephone conversations, telegrams, it doesn't matter. There would be no place to hide. If this government ever became a tyranny, if a dictator ever took charge in this country, the technological capacity that the intelligence community has given the government could enable it to impose total tyranny, and there would be no way to fight back, because the most careful effort to combine together in resistance to the government, no matter how privately it was done, is within the reach of the government to know. Such is the capability of this technology. Now, why is this investigation important? I'll tell you why. Because I don't want to see this country ever go across the bridge I know the capacity that is there to make tyranny total in America. And we must see to it that this agency and all agencies that possess this technology operate within the law and under proper supervision so that we never cross over that abyss. That's the abyss from which there is no return. The abyss from which there is no return, says Senator Frank Church from back in 1975. And I think that resonates. Does it not resonate? And you do hope this country has not crossed that bridge, that we have not gone beyond the point of no return. You want to hope that, but I'll tell you, these last six years since Trump got into office, it's the story of how the deep state and the unelected worked to undermine this constitutional republic generating hoax after hoax and spying on President Trump and getting rid of General Flynn and go down the list that we have covered around here for years. And I don't like to think of us having gone beyond that point of no return, but um, this new church committee, at least it is something. At least it is something. 
and we've helped detail some, some pointers for what maybe they can do. And if I have optimism on that, if we have a free speech platform known as Twitter, if it's truly a free speech platform, and someone like a Thomas Massey can get a pipeline from out of that skiff as he takes on the national security state and gets it into a free speech environment like Twitter, I think he would find a receptive audience with millions upon millions of the American people who might get a chance to start to put some things together and understand the gulag that they have been living in. So final point on that for this evening. But let's, uh, let's say another hello. And we've got Steve in Denver checking in. And Steve, glad you're on board. Yeah, hi, Matt. Um, hey, I, uh, I tuned in a little later, and I didn't know if you discussed that, uh, Janet uh, Griswold. They talked about the 31,000 uh, postcards she sent out. And uh, there was an article, I think maybe in Breitbart, I can't remember. But those 31,000 ballots were for illegals to vote. And um, they didn't mention that when they caught him, that's what it was for. And then they try to recall him. But she actually sent out 31,000 ballots for illegals to, uh, to vote, and she got caught. Yep, I remember seeing that article. I do believe it was in Breitbart, and it was maybe covered in Colorado media just to the extent of Jenna Griswold saying, oh, that was a mistake. We made a mistake, and we got that corrected. So there didn't seem to go anywhere, didn't seem to generate uh, many ripples, at least in Colorado media. But that's the kind of thing that you'd have to say can happen with the mail-in ballot scenario, right? And it's it's a concern. Well, Is it not, Steve? And that, that goes back to, remember, I, I had called before that during Hickenlooper and Ritter, they, uh, they verified driver's license for several hundred thousand people. Remember she sent that 750,000? Uh, uh, postcards out, and I believe that was to 750,000 illegal aliens who got uh, valid driver's license. And um, are you and saying that it's somewhat easy easy to translate a valid driver's license into being able to cast a vote? Sure. Yeah. So all you have to do is prove a valid driver's license. I mean, when you go there to vote, all you do is pull out a driver's license, and if it's valid, you can vote. Mm-hmm. And so, so is your sense that Colorado is as deep blue of a state as it appears on the surface? Like, say we had 100 percent actual election integrity and there no, were no, no there were no, you know, votes that shouldn't have been cast. My hunch is, is that it would be a pretty darn tight state and Republicans and Democrats would be right right neck and neck with each other. Democrats might have the upper hand, but I think it would not be a 10, 15, 20 point differential. That's just my my instincts as someone, a Colorado native, you know, that's just my sense of it. I don't think it has quite gone that far blue, but structurally speaking, there's there's some issues, in my opinion. If you have 750,000 ballots or even 31,000 ballots, that can sway the elections uh, for representatives and even for Senate. Right. The tightness, the tightness of the Boebert race in um, her district uh, three, I believe it is, struck me as I don't see how that's quite fits with my understanding of that district and the people involved. Oh, wow. But of course, you know, it'll be it'll be played against her as if, you know, her 
her voice is really, uh, you know, disliked by a lot of people in her district. But I don't sense that. And kudos to her for, you know, doing what she could to be part of that group of 20 to um, fight for those very valuable concessions uh, from Speaker McCarthy. Well, ever since we've had the mail-in ballots, the Democrats have won. you got to think. Kind of right around then. Is it a coincidence? I don't think so. Makes you wonder, doesn't it? And Mr. Peter Boyles, you know, I I haven't listened to him for like eight months or something. Um, He'll say uh, it's not a thing. But um, it seems like yeah, most people I, say I that most most Republicans say that as well. But who knows? Yeah. And Steve, I keep going. But here comes the end of the show. And Steve, let me just say all the best to you in 2023. Thank you for being here and a part of the program. All right. And hey, Lou, filling in for Blake tonight. Great work back there. Honored to have you in. Great hospitality. And let's look forward to next Sunday. Talk soon. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.